Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host Sebastian. Hey, how's it going? And you know us, we're just a goon and a goalie that have taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. We mostly cover the NHL, but we'll also discuss other happenings around the hockey world, so be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let us know what you think. Also, be sure to comment and share any hockey news, highlights, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So, uh, Sebastian, to start off today's podcast, we just want to mention that Steve is not on his podcast because as much as you are also currently feeling under the weather today up there in Ottawa, he is down and out with it in uh, Phoenix today. Uh, I just can't imagine how hard it is to get a cold in the, uh, the nice hot weather it is down there. I'd love to make a switch with him. <laughs> I know. How do you catch a cold in Phoenix while you're sitting in your house, buddy? But, he, but, but Steve magically found a way. I think it's that, it's that tough, uh, you know, Montreal Canadiens fan um, exterior he's got there. Uh, so uh, this podcast, you and I are going to be talking about the uh, Ogden Mustangs. Uh, most, re- most recent, not so to speak, weekend series, but they had a couple weekend games here. Uh, currently, this podcast will be airing tonight. Uh, Sunday, January 17th, but uh, we're going to be starting about talking about Friday night's game against the visiting uh, Northern Colorado Eagles. You got a chance to watch uh, the highlights of that game, right? Yeah, I caught, uh, I caught quite a bit of the highlights, and uh, I thought it was a pretty good game. Yeah, it was, a, it was an excellent game. I got to sit there. I wanted the arena for that game. spent a good chunk of my time talking to one of the police officers hired to monitor fans possibly getting out of control that game. Uh, so I just kind of bounced around the whole arena that game, just staying away from people because it was actually sold out, um, sold out in COVID terms because they can only sell 500 games or 500 tickets to, I, I think this, uh, I think the arena fits 23 to 2,700, uh, but only 500 people are allowed in the arena. So it was a sold out game on Friday night against, uh, Northern Colorado, which is great because Northern Colorado handed, uh, Ogden, it's, uh, three games in a row in uh in northern colorado to start the season so uh, i think the boys of ogden had this one circled on their calendar as a uh, let's prove we can stay stay in it with these guys and uh the game proved to be probably one of the best ogden mustangs games i've ever watched uh the ogden mustangs started uh Domagaj Troja, the 20-year-old Croatian-Austrian, and then the Northern Colorado Eagles started Ulrich Roussel, the 18-year-old out of Montremblant, Quebec. So this is a, these are two really, really good goalies, and uh, I've heard a lot, of, uh, a lot of good things about Roussel. I haven't got to see him play a lot, but uh, he is highly toted. He is a fantastic goalie. So breaking into the first period, Colorado made this one a quick one, eight. 1930. So basically a minute 30 into the game, uh, Colorado scored. So Nicholas Samsung. Okay. Uh, if you can see the notes, how do you pronounce this town of Quebec? You're Canadian. It's like Longuel. Longuel. Oh, there we go. Say Long-Gay it again for us. There you go. Long, Long Gay Quebec. So there you go, Samson. You have another Canadian that can pronounce Canadian names. Uh, but he puts it past Troja just a minute and a half into the game. What'd you think of this goal? Yeah. Like I said, watching the highlights, what I noticed, uh, it was, um, the Mustangs had a, one guy kind of fighting below the goal line for the puck with two guys kind of staying up front waiting for that pass. I think uh, what could really help them out was having that second guy go and win that battle and pass out front. To me, that could have avoided a goal or at least kind of pushed the puck in. But again, uh, good on the Eagles getting that puck out and uh, getting a quick goal. And, you know, it's, it's always great to have that first goal and to, to get, the, get the juices flowing. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, Northern Colorado came out there. It's an away game. It's great to try to take the uh, the fans out of it, especially in a sold-out 
COVID arena. And uh, they did really good, jumped right on it and uh, put one past Choha. And then we can move ahead to uh, um, basically 4.30 into the game. Uh, did you get a chance to see that save by Roussel? The cross yeah, ice. Yeah, yeah what, do you, what are your thoughts save. on it? I mean, for me as a, as as a, as a player, I can see you know he was tracking that puck, he was tracking the defenseman coming in. I think that's great, you know, especially for a young goalie knowing what's going on. Uh, I really think his D man can help him. Uh, if you look at the highlights, he kind of just lays the stick down and tries to force the guy out. But I mean, you're so so deep, at the, so so far up at the top of the zone, it's not really doing anything. But that being said, I mean, even with his defenseman kind of leaving him hang to dry, I mean, he picked up that pass very well and uh, was quick on the puck, and I was really impressed with that save. Yeah, it was a beautiful save. That was Stone Cold Robbery because that should have been a goal for Ogden, but uh, Rousseau made sure it didn't happen. Uh, so re- really great on him. Me as a goalie, I love seeing saves like that because uh, I would have been beat, but the Rousseau's a better goalie than I am. So <laughs> he, he stopped it. And then we can move forward. About a minute later, uh, Ogden actually ties the game up. Uh, Lucas uh, Vashko, the uh, 19-year-old Lithuanian-American out of inner-city Philly, um, you know, makes this a tied game. What do you think of the goal? Yeah, I think Ogden's just buzzing in front of the net, which is what you want. It has some good net presence. And uh, as soon as that puck popped out, he just ripped it in. I mean, to me, that's ideal. You know, you want to have the traffic to the net, and that's what they did. And uh, that was a good, good hockey right there. Yeah, it was a great goal. Um, like I said, he's a tough player. He's a fun one to watch. And uh, that gave uh, Ogden the, the tie right there. So, again, only about a minute later, uh, we saw – uh, Jack Jones whip out another Waconia whiplash hip check. What do you think? Worthy of a penalty? Uh, you know, I, I am going to agree on that penalty there. He was a little late. I think if he was there a few seconds early, that would have been a huge hit. That could have been one of those hits that like really changed the momentum of the game. He got there a little late, caught the knee, and I can see why they give it a call. Right, they're trying to be safe for everybody. Uh, that being said, if he if he's there a second earlier, he's just absolutely nailed that guy to the boards. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think uh, I, like, I'm gonna tag now. Basically, Jack Jones is the the Waconia whiplash when he starts <laughs> handing out those hip checks. So I'm gonna expect more of them as he moves forward throughout the season. Yeah, if he, um, if he gets his timing down, I mean, those are those are big hits, and those that really, you know, as a, an offensive player, you got to keep your head up when you're coming in like that. I mean, if he can yeah. time those, good luck. I mean, you're you're gonna be eating a lot of body before you can get to the net. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's, so you move forward, and it's about. Not even a minute later, Colorado, um, basically off of that penalty that Jack Jones uh, took for the the hip check, Colorado ends up scoring a power play goal. So Brian Lochner, the 20-year-old out of Windsor, Colorado, basically buries just a, a gorgeous cross-ice pass. Yeah, I think the, the key in that goal there, I think Lochner, uh, like he said, first of all, it's a very nice pass. Like, he passed the guy was oh, looking yeah. the whole time. But I think Lochner did a really good job. Uh, you know, you're obviously understanding you're in the power play, but he got lost in that D zone, right? He kind of took a yep. step back, got the defense to kind of lose. And I mean, that's what great NHL players do. They get lost in the offensive zone. And that's what happened. He was just sitting there by himself, pucking him in the stick, and in the back of that it went. And I mean, for Choha, there's not much you can do on that one. But uh, for the Eagles, I mean, that's uh, – I don't know if that was a drawn up power play, but if it was uh, good on them for that one. Yeah, I think it was just a, it was an excellent, it was an excellent setup. It was an excellent goal. He didn't miss. Uh, and honestly, it's one of the ones you can't miss. It was, it was a really good, a good goal by Lochner. Um, you skip ahead a couple minutes in the game and then we seeing another stupid save by uh, Roussel. Just Ulrich just came out. What a save. Did you get to see that one? It's about at the half, halfway way through the first period, I believe. 
No, I think the next one I jumped to is the next goal. But I mean, just from the the few minutes I did watch, I mean, he's 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 a good goalie, and I think he's gonna he's gonna be something. He could be something special. He, he just needs to keep putting the work in. Yeah, I think he could move up to another. You know, one he could move up another league. He's really got it. I mean, that this save. So basically, if I recall correctly, because if I pull up the highlights, it kind of screws up with the podcast recording. So I always have to work off memory on a lot of these uh, shots and goals. But I just think it was one of these stupid saves where he came across and he just just highway robbery on on Ogden again because it was a goal and Roussel kept it out. It was just. Anyone that's listening in, if you're if you have hockey TV, you can skip ahead to about 10:05 left in the first period, and you're going to see Roussel just make again another stupid save, just just an excellent save by the uh, by the Quebecer right there. And oh, then we move. Yeah. It's, it's Quebecois. Come on, Ke- Quebecois. Quebecois. I'm no, going to call it Quebecer. We don't want it. We don't want to insult them here. Come on now. <laughs> this is this is what I do well on this podcast, and honestly, as we move forward, and and, and if we actually get to the National Hockey League draft on this podcast, uh, there's going to be a lot of ladies offended by how I pronounce names, but just get used to it. I do it all the time with everybody. I lived in Canada this whole time, and I like I said I lived on Laurier Street, and people are like it's Laurier. I'm like, oh, I thought it was Laurier, you know. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like I looked at the colonel, the the, the corner colonel by and Laurier, and I just got the dumbest looks from people at like the the Canadian DMV, and they're like, Laurier. I'm like, what? They're like Laurier. I'm like, what are you saying to me? It's like you said Laurier. I'm like, yeah, that's what I live on. I live on Laurier. They're like, no, you live on Laurier. I'm like, oh. Listen, listen, I can say this because I'm a French Canadian. So before anyone gets gets offended, my first language was French. I am a French Canadian. But when you pr- mispronounce something in French to a French person, it's like you just insulted their entire family history. It's bad. Like sometimes I'll say something, I, you know, whatever, like it comes out English or whatever it may be. And people look at me and I'm like, hey, listen, I'm French. I, I can I can butcher my own language if I want. Andre Shmakov, the 19-year-old out of Moscow, just one, puts one over the glove. On a beautiful two-on-one to tie. What'd you think of that one? Uh, I mean, this guy's got some balls because he's on a two-on-one. He just looks off the pass and just rips one. Beautiful shot. But to me, I was, when I saw him kind of, as soon as he loaded up for that shot, I went, he is not going to shoot that. And he shot it and he scored. I mean, good for him. Nice <laughs> shot. No, it was, it was a gorgeous goal. And uh, that was a fun <laughs> one to be in the crowd for. Like a few minutes later, uh, in a nice, beautiful tic-tac-toe play, Kate Herrera, the 18-year-old Cali kid, uh, just buried one again uh, past uh, past Roussel to give Ogden the 3-2 lead. Yeah, that was just a perfect selfless play by, the, by Ogden there. They're all, you know, they're all right there. You can tell they're all working for towards one goal. That was, an, that was still a great shot, but that was just selfless play all around there. That was, uh, that was a team goal right there. Yeah, that was. That was, a, that was everyone just knowing where they're supposed to be. This is where coaching is uh, critical to getting the, the players to set up such a play that it gave them the lead, which um, was excellent for Ogden coming, uh, you know, to the end of the first period and about two and a half minutes left. Uh, the game got a little bit chippy. I don't know if you got to see any of the chippy. Uh, I think Ogden got called for a penalty and then Roussel was coming off and then people were just hitting each other. And the last thing you know, people are just punching each other. <laughs> and that's usually what happens, right? Especially, a tight game once you once once you start getting into it, you know you got one guy says something maybe in the first period and remember it in the third, and yeah, I, I saw I got a little tippy there, but uh, at the end of the day, I think Ogden did a pretty good job keeping their heads above themselves. So 
They did. And so, but that wrapped up the first period and I really, really, really act the first period because you move into the second period and as entertaining as it was, I only made one note the entire period. And that was with about 8.05 left. Roussel, again, with just another stupid save. Yeah, I mean, th- this kid, I mean, good good for Colorado. I mean, they've got something. Um, uh, they just need to start, you know, build around that. But yeah, that, that he's he's good. I like him a lot and, uh, you know, hope, hope to see... Um, see a good career at him yeah absolutely because he's got talent he knows how to read the puck and uh knows how to read the play coming in and knows where to be on the ice knows where to be in the crease and so super impressed with this goaltender and we move ahead to the third period about 1730 left in the first and a power play goal by my local western new yorker as well falzer the 19 year old out of corfu uh puts ogden up four to two yeah, I mean, that was just a beautiful drive to the net and a great rebound. Yeah, um, yeah again, I think Schmakov, was it Schmakov, I think, that came in and, and took the initial shot, and then I think Falls are buried it. I have to look, but I'm pretty comfortable with saying it was Schmakov that had the initial shot that, that Falls are buried. Yeah, I mean, it was just like, it was just textbook, right? Just go in, take the shot, and I don't know if he was looking for the rebound, but it was a perfect rebound shot, and just buried that rebound again. If that's intentional, it's just another one of those good team goals, and I mean, Ogden plays like that, and they're going to be hard to beat. And then we move forward to about 13 minutes left in the first period. Uh, I made a note about this, but again, uh, Colorado could reach out if they want to. But uh, number two, five, you know, sitting there chatting with the uh, Ogden goalie. Nobody, all the Mustangs players skate away. Again, I don't know if 25 and and Troja have a relationship or something. Uh, they don't ever to appear to have played for the same team together. I checked, <laughs> and, uh, um, but I also say like I made a note about this. I'm like all the the Mustangs skated away. Like, hey, be there to talk to your goalie, defend your goalie. You don't let the the opposing team just sit there and just chirp your goaltender. You, you take care of that. You get him out of the crease. But again, I, at this point, I'm not 100 percent confident that 25 was necessarily chirping Troja at this point, because at the end of the game, when we'll get to that point, I'll bring up two five again. But uh, I just want to mention that now because I'll bring I'll be bringing up two five again, but five fifty remaining in the first or the final period, Colorado makes this uh, one goal game. Brian Lochner with the second goal tonight puts a pass Troja. Yeah. And I mean, for Troja, I kind of felt bad for him in this goal. Um, I think the D could have been a little bit more active. could have been moving their feet. They kind of leave him out to dry. Um, again, he got a lead, but you know it, it's it's not it's not a big lead. Um, it doesn't matter if it's ten goal lead. You got you got to keep moving your feet. You can't get comfortable. And I think the guys just kind of got a little comfortable and let Joe hang out to drive, and uh, unfortunately end up back at the net. Yeah, and it's just it's one of those goals. And so, you know, five and a half minutes left. Now this is suddenly it's a new game. One goal ties this thing up, and we're going to OT. Uh, but that doesn't happen because with. With about a second left on the clock, you know, Colorado, Northern Colorado is just lighting up the defensive end of, of Ogden. And Troja just jumps across the crease to make a diving save. Just a stupid, beautiful save to make sure this game doesn't go to overtime. What do you think of that save by Troja? As great as it was, I think the best part of that save is Troja knew where the puck was the entire time. It wasn't one of those yep. desperation dive across. It was more that he tracked the puck across where he needed to be. And he dove and made the save. I think he kind of knew what, how much time was left on the clock as well. That was just a smart, great save by Troja. Um, again, I mean, like you said, great save and way, just way to track that puck. Yeah, I think it was an excellent save. I mean, I, I, I remember just leaning back and just being like, what a save. Yeah, it was just an excellent save. And then this is where I bring up 2-5 again. 
because that ended the game because it was a buzzer beater save. And, you know, 2-5 comes up and just kind of does a nice little, you know, friendly fist bump on Troja right there on what a beautiful save that was. And I'm like, I don't know if these two have a relationship or whatever. If they don't, I don't know how you let this guy talk to your goalie. But uh, clearly nobody on Ogden thought 2-5 was a threat to sit there and talk to Troja. But that's that's my own personal opinion. Roussel made 32, 36 saves. Troy made 20 to 31, or tw- you know what I mean. You know, so Roussel stopped 32, 36. Troja stopped 20 to 31. Troja ultimately getting the victory there, and you know, continuing to be near the top of the USPHL. Both of them, I think, if I'm not incorrect, I think Roussel's up there as well. But uh, it was a great game. I, I had a blast, and then tonight I went to a game. Well, not tonight. It was this afternoon here in Ogden. Uh, it was one thirty start, um, and honestly, they faced the outliers. Uh, we had the new kid Knight in net from San Jose. Just a stellar performance, his first time in net for Ogden. Uh, four nothing until about maybe nine minutes left in the third, and then just kind of a goal slipped in, and then really quickly, I think a minute and a half, two minutes later, Utah made it a four-two game. But at that point. You know, Ogden did miss their chances a lot. They had a lot of power play opportunities there and a lot of five-on-three time to really end this game much sooner than they did, but they just failed to. Uh, But at the end of the day, Knight kept them in the game. Ogden did what they were supposed to do on the ice, hoping Schmackoff's okay because he kind of had like a, from my perspective, a little bit of a dirty hit, you know, on a defenseless player not expecting someone to come from behind there. Uh, maybe the league will take a look at that. Not 100% sure. But uh, as long as Schmackoff's okay, everyone, I think, on Ogden is happy. But uh, ultimately, just a really fun game to talk, um, basically to watch. We won't talk about that game on this podcast or any podcast. Anyone that listens, you watch a game, watch on hockey TV. It was a fun game. And congratulations on Knight uh, for his, not only his first start with the Ogden Mustangs, but his first victory with the Ogden Mustangs. Hell of a way to start uh, your, your hopefully – um, little mini career here in Ogden because uh, we'd love to see more of you. Um, yeah, he's a big yeah, boy, so, too. He's got the oh, body. Yeah. I mean, he, from what I saw there, he's shocking the puck well. I mean, he looked comfortable in that. So, you know, unfortunately, yeah. I think the team from him got a little complacent with a four-goal lead, and I think that may have hurt them. But, yeah, yeah, I think he had a phenomenal game. I think once that second goal went in, things tightened up again for Ogden. And, uh, yeah, if, if he's going to keep playing like that, they've got uh, – They've got with you know with him and Troja, if they're both going to play like they just did in those back-to-back games, you're you're doing pretty good. Yeah, if if, if him and Troja play like that consistently, I mean they're fighting for Annette and Anderson and uh, Sakura again, two other really good goalies. I think it's just one of those uh, things where you know looking for consistency in goaltending, which I was not that goalie. <laughs> if if my team was looking for consistency, I wasn't the guy. I laugh. You know, I, I won't say which goalie I relate more to here. The staff probably know at this point which goalie I relate more to. There's one specific goalie on the team prior to night joining that I'm like, yeah, I'm a lot like this guy. We uh, we will actually break into the National Women's Hockey League uh, fantasy draft at this point because we don't have Steve on this podcast, but I have Steve's list. So what, what me and Sebastian and non-existent Steve are going to do for this podcast is we're going to go through our number one picks through our number 12 picks for the fantasy draft here. This is the Ice Garden, but he's actually the one that created this um, – this basically this uh, fantasy league for the National Women's Hockey League did a great um, job too. Yeah, really, really good job because it was easy for me to understand. Easy for me, you know. He he really made it interesting and easy to pick the players 
and really laid out like the point system. So you had a thousand uh, TIG bucks to to pick your players. What we'll do is I'll 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 make my pick. Uh, I'll I'll make Steve's pick, and then Sebastian, you'll jump on with your pick for each round, and we'll just kind of go on like that. And so I'm gonna look at my stuff here. So anyone listening, the NWHL season it's in a bubble. We're going to Lake Placid this year. Uh, the season starts January 23rd. Uh, the cup, the, the Isabel Cup, will be awarded on February 5th on NBCSN. Uh, but the games leading to the Isabel Cup will also be aired on February 4th on NBCSN. Uh, the other games should be streamed, I think, on the NBC app. I got to figure out if my Fubo gains me access to that. Otherwise, I got to figure out how to watch these games because I really want to see these games. But basically, the TIG allows you to select up to six, oh, not up to, but allows you to select six forwards, four defensemen, and two goalies, restricting you to 1,000 TIG bucks or the Ice Garden bucks. And uh, basically, we're going to do this where we're going to go through our rounds one through 12. And uh, we'll, we'll announce our, our draft selections, and then we'll post them uh, here very shortly on Twitter, if you're listening. So this is what we're going to do. So, again, awesome, awesome setup uh, by the Ice Garden here. And uh, we'll move into uh, pick number one. So pick number one for me, uh, I selected a goalie out of Minnesota. And you're going to have to correct me again. I'm an American. These names get me. You want to go Amanda? What's her last name? Levey, because I was not going to say, I guarantee you, <laughs> I was not going to say Levey. But um, Amanda Levey, 26-year-old out of Kingston, Ontario, she uh, was in the PWHL before committing to the University of Minnesota. And then she signed with My Buttes in the second season at the NWHL and was with us for a couple years before signing with the Whitecaps for the 18-19 season. She also, if anyone listening doesn't know this, she's the all-time wins leader in the National Women's Hockey League. That was my number one pick. I will say Steve's number one pick was goalie. Again, you can correct me on any names I said I, I, I mispronounce here. You got my French-Canadian names. But this one, I don't think she's French-Canadian, but it's going to be Lavisa Salander uh, from the Boston Pride. Uh, was Steve's first pick. Unfortunately, Steve isn't here, so when I announce Steve's picks, I'm just going to announce who he selected. And uh, who'd, who'd you pick number one overall? So actually for my number one overall, I had to go someone local, someone that actually uh, my wife Haley actually coached in high school hockey and uh, my sister-in-law is actually good as friends with her. Uh, I picked uh, defenseman Lindsay Eastwood, Toronto, at a, for the, playing for the six, and she's a rookie. And uh, I think I got the seal of the draft. I'm just going to put that out there right now. <laughs> no, I think, uh, I, I think she's a great selection. I don't think this will be the last time on this podcast you'll hear her name. So, yeah, really good selection right there. All right, let's move on to round number two. Okay, for round number two, I selected a forward out of, again, Minnesota. I got to go back to Minnesota here. Jonna Curtis. Uh, I, I know she's going to go by Jonah or Jonna, but I'm going to go Jonna Curtis. You can reach out to me on, on Twitter again. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely known for slaughtering names here. But she's a 26-year-old out of Elk River, Minnesota. She's a born and raised hockey player, basically playing a lot of high school hockey before committing to the University of New Hampshire, including the last season as captain, and then signed with the Minnesota Whitecaps in the 18-19 season. She was named the assistant captain for the 19-20 season. So she is my number two selection. Moving on to Steve's number two selection, since, he, again, he is not here. He selected Ford out of uh, the Metropolitan Ritters, the Kate Leary. And moving on to your number two selection in the NWHL Fantasy Draft. So for me, for my next selection, uh, I went with a forward 
uh, from Minnesota, Ali Thernstrom. Um, you know, though, like I said, this was a very well done draft. Kind of gives you the point per game production, all that. And she seems to be an absolute stud hockey player. And I'm, uh, I'm actually very excited to watch her play. Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm hoping that these streams are going to be available to me like a Fubo subscriber. Um, if if I can't get you games on the 23rd, you guarantee I'm going to be scrambling and try to figure out how to watch the rest of the game. So good selection. Round three, I selected forward out of Boston, the Boston Pride, Sammy Davis. So Sammy Davis is a 23-year-old out of Pembroke, Massachusetts, born and raised hockey player, again, playing the high school system. Also played in the New England Girls Hockey League, or the NGHL, before committing to the Boston University, and then served as a Boston University captain for three years before being picked first overall in the 2020 NWHL draft. So I'm figuring if she's picked first overall, I'm excited to have her on my team. Not going to lie. So, um, And then Steve. So Steve, selected in his third overall pick for the uh, draft, was Lexi Lang. Again, another player out of the Boston Pride. And we'll move on to your third selection. Well, I mean, since we're on to the Boston Pride, I uh, also picked someone from Boston Pride. I picked uh, Jillian Dempsey again, just someone who just looked like she's just a point production machine. And, uh, I mean, if uh, if I'm going for the win, uh, points are good, right? Absolutely. And uh, that's what's going to be interesting about this because it's all condensed into two weeks. So some of these uh, players could really just, like, you know, find their game and just make this awesome. And so... You know, I, I have a lot of faith in the rookies this season, not going to lie. I think you're going to hear that as my selections go on. But uh, in round four, I selected goalie out of Toronto 6, the new team into the NWHL. I selected Elaine Chuli. And if I'm correct, I'm, I'm going to talk about her real quick, and then I want to ask you about her. She's a 26-year-old out of Waterford, Ontario, PWHL participant, and then uh, she played internationally for Canada before committing to UConn. She also played in China for the Vonk Rays um, in 17-18. And then uh, the Toronto Furies out of the now defunct CWHL in 1819. Uh, and actually was part of the PWHPA uh, before signing with the Six for this inaugural season. Let's see. Steve, I think, looked like he also picked a goalie in the fourth round. Samantha Ridgewell out of the Toronto Six. Another Toronto Six goalie there. And that was his fourth selection. So your fourth selection in the uh, fantasy draft. So for my fourth selection, uh, for everyone listening, we, there wasn't really any rules about not being able to pick more than, you know, the, for example, I could have the same players as two other people in the league. Um, there's just kind of a pick a pool. So I also went with Amanda, Le, Le, well, I can't say her name now today, uh, LeVay uh, from Minnesota. Um, the reason why I picked her actually is, um, as, as people know, I'm married to a goalie, Haley, and I, to me, I mean, it might be biased, but I think she's the best. And uh, <laughs> she actually had uh, just about made a hockey team, and they brought Amanda from about two hours away uh, to come to this team to take her spot. I mean... Uh, Haley went on to have a great CIS career. I mean, I think she's she's phenomenal. But I mean, Amanda obviously speaks for herself what she did, and uh, I mean, to have a stud like that in Nets, I mean, I, how could I not pick her? Yeah, honestly, again, the number, the all-time win leader in the NWHL, it doesn't hurt to have her on your team, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, that's why I had to, I, I had to kind of take her first overall. I'm like, I got to have her on my team. <laughs> Um, so I, I will build the rest of the team around her, but, uh, no, she's honestly a stud and me as a goalie. Um, I love stud goalies. So we can move on now to the fifth round, uh, fifth round. I selected another forward out of the Boston pride, Teresa Vanasova. 
So Teresa Vanasova is a 24-year-old out of, I'm going to slaughter this name out of Czech Republic, but uh, Strakonis, Czech Republic. Uh, She has a deep, deep international experience. I mean, she has so much international experience. It's not worth talking about on this podcast because it could go on for an hour. But she has almost six years of international experience before she committed to the University of Maine for four years. And then uh, she's joining the Pride this season. So I'm, I'm super excited with her, with her background. I'm expecting a lot out of Van, Vanisova for sure. So I'm excited to have her on my team. And then let's see, fifth round, he selected a forward, Megan Lawrence out of Minnesota. Uh, so that is his fifth selection, your fifth selection. So my fifth selection was uh, Emily Janinga from Metropolitan. Um, again, it's just a, one of those players that for me, um, if people are listening, I, I built my team on point production. So I think she's another point production machine. And uh, I, I think we might as well just call me the uh, the winning team now with the, the team. I'm <laughs> Let's see how this goes. I, I'm, I'm anticipating uh, my players are going to get me the championship, but we will see. And honestly, I think the... Uh, the ice garden guy who created this. Um, I, I think at the end of his article, he says, and if too many players win, he's just going to relocate, change his name. <laughs> but I'm expecting to get my jersey, my uh, Buffalo Beach jersey, um, uh, you know, sent to me after I win this uh, championship. So, or actually, I might actually pick one of my, uh, one of the 12 players I, I selected here. So, one of my 12 athletes, I'm going to, I'm going to probably select one of their jerseys. So, We'll see. But moving on, uh, round six. So round six, let's see. I selected uh, Ford out of the Metropolitan Riveters, Rebecca Russo. So Rebecca Russo is a New York City born and raised 26-year-old, again, born and raised hockey player, and again in the high school systems, uh, committed to Boston University, and then joined the Riveters in the 16-17 season and now entering her fourth season. She scored over 18 goals with them so far. So pretty excited to have her as part of my crew. Not going to lie. Moving on to Steve's number six pick. Steve selected Kayla Fryson out of Connecticut Whale. And let's move on to your sixth selection. So I went back to the old Boston Well and uh, I got McKenna Brand. And again, this is just a player that uh, in her last few years has just been putting up points. So uh Welcome to the Point Machine. <laughs> is that what the name of your team is going to oh, be? Oh, it's going to be now. Yeah, the Point Machine. The Point Machine. <laughs> All right. Moving on to round seven. So for round seven, I selected defense Shannon Doyle out of the Connecticut Whale. Really excited that my first defense selectee. And uh, she's a 20-year-old out of Baldwin or Markham or Sutton. I've seen so many contradictory. <laughs> From sources. Toronto. From yeah. Toronto. From the Toronto region, um, Shannon, you can reach out and tell me which one you actually claim. I'm going to assume she's claiming Baldwin because that's what her uh, one of her sites there. So I'm, I'm sticking with Baldwin, but she can correct me here. But she played in the PWHL like um, many other Ontario players did. Played for Canada nationally before committing to Colgate for a couple of years and eventually transferring to Boston University. She was part of the inaugural season of the National Women's Hockey League. So she's been playing in the NWHL since it started. And she's been with Connecticut all six seasons. She was named the alternate captain in 17-18. And now she's a, she was named the captain, the official captain, during the 1920 season. So super stoked to have Shannon on my dream team. Steve selected Bridget Prentice out of the Riveters. And your seventh selection pick. So my second selection, I went back again to Metropolitan. I got uh, 
Kate Leary. And again, like I said, every player I looked at just did you know, the research off the, the sheet. And they said that she puts up points. So uh, welcome to the point getters. <laughs> is, it, is it now the point getters? Uh, we'll, we'll do some with points. Don't worry. We'll, we'll uh, if, if anyone has any, uh, any names they want to suggest, I'm more than happy. But it's going to be some points driven. Don't worry about that. There you go. Because the Ice Garden site yet? So when I signed up for Ice Gardens, they told me I had to wait 24 hours to be officially fully <laughs> part of the, you know, the gang, I guess. So I, I haven't set it up yet. So I still got about, I think I'm 10 a.m. tomorrow morning is when I can put it in. So we got till 10 a.m. So if anyone's got any good names, hit me up, please. Okay. It's got to be points related or winning related because, you know, maybe we'll just go with the winning team. We'll just, we'll just put it off like that. Yeah, we got to start with like, it would be nice to have like a PP. So the power... <laughs> point lit i don't know we'll, we'll figure it out that'll be that'll be a fun one for our listeners to kind of chime in and, and uh, name your team i've named the, my team the pigeon power pigeon the power pigeon point gals there we go there you go that that could be a good one <laughs> so in my next round i selected i think we're in round eight correct yeah round yeah, eight yes. i selected another forward cassidy mcpherson out of my buffalo buttes so cassidy also i think is the only one that doesn't have a twitter account because I think I tried to tag all my, my, my dream team on Twitter. But uh, Cassidy, if you have one, reach out. She's a 23-year-old out of Oakville, Ontario. She played for the PWHL as well for a few seasons before committing to Providence College for four years. Uh, and then joining my Buttes for the 1920 season, banking five goals before the season was cut short. So expecting a lot out of Cassidy this season. Excited to see her play. Uh, seems like an excellent hockey player out of watching some highlights and everything. And super stoked to have her on my team. Steve selected in the eighth round. Dominique Kremer, again, another Buffalo Butte. How about that? Back-to-back Buttes. Your eighth round selection. So, again, from the Buffalo Buttes, the uh, Power Pigeon point gals are very excited to draft Carly Jackson. Um, for those who don't goalie. know. Yeah, she's a goalie from, uh, from the Buffalo Buttes. Now, she's in Team Canada's hockey system, but she also plays Team Canada softball. So the fact that she's a double-sport athlete at that level, I mean, this girl can ball. So welcome to the team. You'll fit right in. So she's the Bo Jackson of Canada? Oh, yeah. She's uh, – she, just wait. Just wait. When, when she's hoisting the cup and, you know, we're, we're – I'm expecting her to hoist the cup this season. That's what well, I'm she's hoping. Gonna hoist, she's going to hoist this cup too, so don't worry about it. She's a double winner. She's a winner all around. Yeah, I watched her on a Twitch stream uh, probably about a month and a half ago. She was on one of the NWHL Twitch streams with another player. It was super fun to watch her. She's she's charismatic. She's fun to watch. I'm super stoked she's a Buffalo Butte. So let's move on to round nine. With round nine, uh, I selected uh, defenseman Sarah Bustad out of the Minnesota Whitecaps. Basically a 26-year-old out of Stillwater, Minnesota. Again, Born and raised hockey player, playing through the high school systems, and then uh, went to Minnesota State University before signing with my Buttes in 1920. And she got a few goals. Um, and now we'll be joining her home state, Whitecaps, this season. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a lot out of her this season. I think she's a talented player and super stoked again have her as part of my dream team. Steve uh, selected with his ninth overall pick, uh, Lindsay Eastwood. See, her name popped up again. Uh, so Steve also picked Lindsay Eastwood uh, for this round. So your ninth overall pick. So my ninth overall pick, I went for a defenseman out of Boston, uh, Lauren Kelly. So for me, again, it was just one of those defensemen that puts up points. And I don't think she's going to be hurt me up in the back end here. So uh, I think it was a very solid pick. And so let's, let's, we're, on, we're uh, moving on to the final three uh, draft picks of each of our rounds here. So 
For me, number 10, I picked defenseman Megan Quinn out of Toronto 6. Super stoked to have this Belleville native, but she played again a PWHL player uh, before committing to Syracuse University. Spent the 18-19 season with the Toronto Furies of the now defunct CWHL. She assisted coach at last year and uh, now signed on for the inaugural season with the Toronto 6. So welcome Megan Quinn to the eventual championship uh, team here. So Steve selected in the 10th round Kira Dosdal Arena. Who just select number 10th overall? So for the 10th overall pick for me, I picked out of Buffalo once again, Allison, Allison Matu. Uh, her dad played in the NHL, and her brother, uh, from what I understand, is actually in the Montreal Canadiens farm system. So, I mean, she's got hockey in her blood. So, uh, I mean, I think she's ready to go. Excellent. All right, let's move on to round 11 here. We're getting close to the end of this. Uh, round 11, I selected defenseman out of the Metropolitan Riveters, 22-year-old Soroya Tinker out of Oshawa, Ontario. Oshawa is actually where my goalie mask painter is. I think it's Resurrection Painting. Resurrection resurrection Painting. For anyone that needs a good goalie mask, definitely reach out. But uh, she played in the FHL and the PWHL before uh, playing internationally and uh, committing to Yale University. So that's Ivy League right there. Uh, and this will be her rookie year with the Riveters. So I'm super stoked to have her on as well. Looked at her stats with the with with Yale and such, and uh, I'm I'm super stoked to have her part of the uh, championship winning team here. So Steve selected 11th overall, Brooke White Lancet out of the Minnesota Whitecaps. Who's your 11th pick? So for my 11th pick, here we went a little bit leadership. Someone who's been around for a while understands the game. Uh, so we went with uh, Winnie Brott Brown out of Minnesota. Uh, she's been the captain of the Minnesota for the last two seasons. Uh, she's 42 years old. She's been playing hockey, high-level hockey, for a long time. And I just think she's, uh, especially something with, uh, you know, something definitely like a bubble, she'll be able to bring uh, veteran leadership, and I think that's going to help her a lot. Final pick for each run. I'm going to start with Steve, since Steve's not here. Steve selected uh, 12th-round defenseman Samantha Fiesler. Fiesler or Fiesler? I'm sorry, Samantha. I got your first name right. Uh, out of Metropolitan. Riveters, and that was his final selection in the NWHL draft. My final selection in the NWHL fantasy draft uh, out of Toronto 6, Mackenzie McNeil. Mackenzie McNeil is a 25-year-old out of Richmond Hill, Ontario. She played again, another PWHL player, for a couple seasons before committing to the University of Mont and then joining the Toronto Furies in the now-defunct CWHL. 1920, she played, for a, she played in Denmark, she was a part of the PWHPA. I don't know if she played in the PWHPA, but she was part of it. And now she joins the six for their inaugural season. So excited for Mackenzie to be uh, my final selection in the uh, NWHL fantasy draft. So for my final pick, I picked uh, from Buffalo for Nee Van Pelt. She just finished off a four-year career at Providence College. Uh, she was one of the lower... Um, I guess you would call uh, money's worth player. So to me, I think that's a little motivation for her. I think, you know, the players are looking at this and I mean, she's done pretty well for herself. So uh, Eve, if you're listening, uh, let's get this done. <laughs> yeah. And I know it's uh this is fun. I, I, I think you and I and Steve learned a lot about these players. And that's one of the things with the NWHL hasn't gotten a lot of attention so far. I've been a fan of it since before it started. I got my uh, McLaughlin Jersey for the Buffalo Beats from season one. Uh, was really stoked when I was, I think, living in England and this was announced. Got to go to the first season's games. Got to go to uh, games after that and later seasons, like in, in 2018. 
But ultimately, this isn't a league that gets a lot of attention. It's it, we had to do our research on the players. We're we're excited to get to know these individual players. Excited to see them score, make our teams champions, and for the NWHL to keep growing, keep getting the respect and attention it deserves. Get more time on NBC and hopefully other broadcast channels as well. But NBC seems to be the the most favorable to us hockey fans. But ultimately, we're super stoked to be able to cover this season of the NWHL on this podcast, follow our players, and hopefully maybe at the end of the season after they're all out of the bubble, maybe we can get a couple of them on, uh, hear about their experiences in, in the league and um, some some troubles and triumphs and such and, and see where the, where the league continues to grow and such. And I know that uh, I was, I think... NWHL also has their own players association now as well. Cause I think the PWHPA is a separate organization altogether, but I think the NWHL PA um, also exists. So I want to give them a shout out because uh, honestly it's, it's going to be able to fight for the rights of the players fight for a living wage for these players. So they'll have to have multiple jobs or drive up from Ohio to play for Buffalo or, you know, drive hours from Kingston to get to Toronto. These, these players can actually, make a living playing hockey and inspire other young girls around the United States, Canada, and beyond to be able to dream about one day playing in a professional league aired on TV and followed by fans where their jerseys are worn all across the world. So that would be the best way forward for this league. We're super stoked. We're super excited to be able to cover them this season. Yeah, I think uh, you have any final thoughts on the NWHL before we wrap up this podcast? Because I know you're marrying or married to a uh, goalie. I married. So, okay, I want to say this. So I'm a goalie who married a goon and you're a goon who married a goalie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I guess we, we balance each other off. Because my wife always said she's like, I wasn't that good. So but the coaches told me to hit the girls that were good. Uh, She's like and then one time I, I she said I laid a girl out and she started crying and I felt really, really about myself. And I decided I probably didn't want to do that again. <laughs> so, so I'm like, yeah, I was a goalie. I wasn't any good. So but, uh, nonetheless. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for, you know, for the NWHL season here. And uh, to watch my NWHL fantasy team comprised of Amanda, Jonah, Sammy, Elaine, Teresa, Rebecca, Shannon, Cassidy, Sarah, Megan, Soroya, and Mackenzie to just obliterate my competition and crown me the first ever NWHL fantasy draft champion. Just putting that up. Listen, the Power Pigeons already know we won, so we're not even going to say anything. <laughs> Is that we're where like, we're going? We'll, we'll Power Pigeon point out. Don't worry about it. We're, we, we've got it. We're good. You, uh, you guys can talk all you want, but we'll just sit here, listen, watch, smile, and win. I like the power pigeons. That's, that's fantastic. (laughs) But all right. So thank you all again for listening to this uh, podcast. We got to talk some uh, USPHL hockey action between Ogden and Northern Colorado, a little bit of touch on the Ogden Utah game, and then uh, cover our first ever NWHL fantasy draft pick on this podcast. So let us know. Did we, uh, did we miss any players we should have picked? You know, let us know what you think about about our teams and such. And if you're one of the players we selected, we'd love to hear from you uh, because this is, again, we're we're passionate hockey fans. We can't wait to see this league just get to the point where there's living wages. And this is a regular thing on on national hockey uh, evenings and such. And, you know, maybe instead of Hockey Night in Canada, we could do uh, what Hockey Night in Canada is what, Saturday night? 
Uh, yeah, Hockey Night in Canada Saturday night. So maybe it'll be, uh, you know, Hockey Night in Canada Friday nights or something moving forward with the National Women's Hockey League. You know, we're calling out who covers that now, TSN, who bought, somebody bought. Yeah, like, yeah it's TSN. Thank you all for tuning in. This is Chris and Sebastian. Yeah, thanks for listening. And this is Pigeon Hockey, and we'll catch you next time.